Listening to the Cannabis Hangout. Two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with the community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while, while we, we break, break it all down. Hello to all of you loyal listeners. I'm Brandon. And I'm Saba. And we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's show, we have the pleasure of speaking with Drew with High Rise Wellness here in Oklahoma City. They produce single source, solventless hash rosin, and some really good quality flour. We're excited to pick his brain and get to know him and the High Rise brand better. So please welcome Drew to the Cannabis Hangout. Hi, Drew. Hi. Thank you so much for taking time to be here and chat with us today. Before we dive in deep, let's start about talking about where your cannabis journey first began. Do you remember the first time you were introduced to cannabis? Yeah, so I was in high school, and I was in the band program, so we, okay, were, we, band. Were, dr- we were drug tested a lot, you know, for all the performance enhancing stuff I guess band kids do, I don't know. Yeah. But um, that being said, I couldn't really smoke during the school year. It was only during long breaks, so summer... Maybe you could squeeze in one session at the beginning right. of the winter break. You know? Yeah, you could time it out, right? Yeah, so I was at my friend Garland's house, who to this day is still a friend of mine. He's actually our lead cultivator now at the Grove facility. He kind of just followed me all the way through this That's cannabis really dream. That's really cool, yeah. Um, but we were in his room, and he had a bong, and it was massive and intimidating. <laughs> and um, he loaded it up with, what was at the time probably okay weed you know it wasn't anything like spectacular but, yeah um it definitely wasn't like reggie so i, I really you... never had that like oh well i started smoking mexican brick weed and then worked my way up i kind of all, always was at least smoking mids okay. Do you remember what you year know, this was 2011 okay okay cool so i was like a junior in high school okay for the for the first time i smoked weed and he loaded it up and i took a big rip coughed for like 30 minutes or something and uh, I did get high. There's that thing where people say you don't get high the first time you smoke. Yeah. I didn't get, you know, I was blasted. So, <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so um, I remember we were watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> it was like the, when the first season, maybe the second season came out. And it, uh, it was a really good time. And it was actually in that first experience, I, I it started my interest in, in growing it almost immediately. Really? Like, I, was wow. so, I was so fascinated that a plant, like just combusting a plant like that would right. have effects, yeah. you know? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, from day one, got super fascinated with it. That's cool. That's not everybody's no. story from day one. Yeah. So yeah. it's like you were like immediately attracted to like um, how it made you feel mm-hmm. and then you wanted to know more yeah. about the plant itself. Mm-hmm. Did you have a green thumb at all growing up like prior to that? Yeah, so um, from my grandma, mm-hmm. who's like, my favorite person in the universe. Uh-huh. Shout uh, out to your grandma. Yeah. Shout out Mimi. <laughs> Mimi, uh, cute. Who actually, her birthday was like two days ago. Okay. Like, we're like birthday buddies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we I would always do gardening with her. Okay. So she had, That's awesome. you know, vegetable garden and ornamental plants mm-hmm. and 
you know, some of my earliest memories being like three, four years old was playing in dirt and pull really I realized after about five, six years that she was using me as a weed puller. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Why not? Your grandson. That's where you learn all the essential (laughs) skills. Okay. But I mean, you learn about selection. You learn about like what you don't want in the garden aesthetically and what you do want. It's a cool perspective. uh And and I kind of trace that back to, um, I've always, you know, people talk about strains, not all of them should be. Some of them are just genetically not the prettiest. But I've always had like this mindset that flowers should also be pretty. Mm -hmm. And so even when we grow like a more old school strain, we try to dial in the environment to where it's frosty mm-hmm. and it's trimmed well yeah. and we try to pull as much bag appeal yeah. um, as we can out of anything that we grow. Okay. And I think it goes back to, you know, the early days gardening with my grandma and her mm-hmm. showing me yeah. that's a weed that's ugly. We don't want to. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> cool that you're able to like go back with that and yeah. then like see it play out and then be able to pick out where you feel like that came from, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's really neat. Did you grow up here in Oklahoma? I did. What part? Uh, Yukon. Okay, right mm-hmm. on. Did you? So has your family been supportive, like what you're doing in the cannabis industry, or how has that been? So now, yes, but shout out mom. <laughs> uh, I was actually kicked out of the house for smoking weed. Okay. Um, yeah, when I was 17, almost 18. Okay. Uh, her and my stepdad were like, well, after the 56th time they caught me smoking weed, they were like, <laughs> well, it's either you can live here or you can smoke weed. And I chose smoke weed. <laughs> so how long were you gone for? Wow. Uh, I, I never moved back after that. Yeah, oh, I, I wow. moved out on my own. Okay. Yeah. And you were I, like, all right, I'm out. I'm out. Good for you. You know? Um, and then now she shops at my store every day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, so full circle. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's so full circle. Uh-huh. That's so crazy. Yeah, that's a You're like, I'm out. And then now you have a business with it. Like, I mean, to be fair to them, you know, it's like... Their argument was it was they didn't like that I was doing something illegal. Yeah, right. That's understandable. And that's normally always mm-hmm. where it has stemmed from with, you know? I feel like. And, and then they weren't really connoisseurs themselves. Yeah, so and that's just, hard. You can't understand. Mm-hmm. There was just, They felt like it was just a, a needless risk, Yeah, which yeah. I can get that perspective, you know. Yeah, yeah. for but sure. That being said, I still chose weed. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, so <laughs> is, is a bong still your preferred way? What's your? Absolutely not. How I've do you t- like to consume? I've totally transformed. And I think it's the best, and I'm prepared to argue this. Okay. Um, joints. Okay. Big, fat, perfectly hand-rolled doinks. Okay. Like three grams at least. Okay, at least. Filter gang all the way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Glass is the best, but, you know, if I don't have one that's clean or whatever, I'll still use like a paper filter. Mm-hmm. So what made you transition into doing the glass filters? It, just from using regular filters? Yeah. Uh, you can kind of taste the paper filters. Yeah. Like the, that cardboard material or compost mm-hmm. material they use. You can kind of get a little taste of that on your lips. And with mm-hmm. the glass, you don't get that at all. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I sure. that, that makes yeah, sense. That does make sense. Do you have a a strain or like anything you're jamming with right now specifically? So everything we do is it's it's batch to batch. So every batch I'll have like a new favorite. I have some staples. Right now, I've been smoking a lot of our animal tree, mm-hmm. 13, which you guys have some of. Um, it has this really pungent lemon gassy nose, super strong full-bodied effects, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really bring you down into that, you know, sleepy, somber couch lock feel. Yeah. So I'm able to, I'm able to smoke a big, like, three-gram joint of it. Nice. And, and still, like, to yourself? 
Yeah, to myself. Most okay. Is it, in one, is it in one sitting, that three gram joint? One sitting. Okay. Because if you relight it, yeah. it's not going to taste as good. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, so I love I'm it. I'm like, I can't imagine three grams <laughs> in one sitting at this point in my life. If someone's there, I'll share. Yeah, like for sure. Part. But, uh, you know, my girlfriend, especially Tara, she's noticed like, she's scared to hit the joints I roll because I'm always like, oh, you lit it wrong. Or, oh, you're like pulling it too hard. Yeah. Now it's burning off. Like. You're like, you just, I'll, you just do it. <laughs> I'll just hit it. <laughs> I just become a prima donna. You know? Yeah. As you should be though, yeah. to like your niche of what you're, the way you want it to be, you know? But I think what made me go to joints is I, I found it to be the best way to kind of quality control and, and test every single product we make. Because if you're just breaking it down and putting it into a clean bong, clean water, all that, yeah, you get some pretty good taste, but you're not able to score it on, well, how did it break down? How did it roll? Whereas, like, if you roll a joint, uh, that's going to always translate to a bong. Mm-hmm. Like, if it broke down well and rolled well into a joint, it will 100% do well in a bong. Yeah. Where it doesn't always translate back the other You're way. right. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the bong's not always the best place to start with, like, trying it, too. Like, yeah. I feel like it being rolled up first in a joint, mm-hmm. I can understand it more, and then I can move to the bong. But I feel like yeah. sometimes I've just done it backwards because the bong's not the same effect. Well, you know, with, effect. The, with the joint, you can get, like, the puffs and... Right, exactly. Yeah. The bong's a rush. Bong, it's, yeah. Exactly. And then it's hard for you to like piece together the information that it's everything all happened. at once. Yes. Yeah. It's not like a slow, mindful way of doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, was there like an aha moment for you whenever you realized that cannabis was going to be like a staple in your life? And like, how is it? How, how do you say it's benefited your life? If you're ever in the Oklahoma City area, check out Chill Dispensary at 22 Northeast 10th Street. They're good people with hand-washed, single-source, live rosin, flour, pre-rolls, and other solventless products. So, go show them some love and enjoy a chill experience. Now, back to the episode. It's everything I am now. So, it's kind of hard to say. Um, It's so tethered to my identity being someone that owns three cannabis businesses, cultivates it for a living, uh, went to college to study horticulture okay. and, and, and in pursuit of growing cannabis. Mm-hmm. It's just so much of my identity that um, it's just what I am at this point. Yeah. It's, it's, it's blurred the lines between, it. well, what's Drew and what's weed? It's, I feel yeah. like it's kind of synonymous now with, with me. That's yeah. cool. Maybe that sounds corny. But. No, no, it feels like you've no. had points in your life to where it's kind of been like check marks of like where your journey was headed yeah. with cannabis. Yeah, for sure. You know? I mean, like I said, day one, instantly fascinated with it mm-hmm. upon the first time I used it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, I always liked gardening. I always liked plants. It was in kind of this, I was almost at the end of my high school years and everyone picks, what am I going to go to college for? Am I going to go to college? And that fascination with cannabis just was present in my mind. Yeah. And so I decided to go to OSU for horticulture. And that's, um, the rest is history. That's Uh, cool. In fact, two weeks, two weeks after I graduated, walked the stage is when SQ-788 passed. Wow, perfect timing. That's cool. It's like you went into school like with the intention of like cannabis and knowing what you wanted to do in a horticulture, and then that happened. Like a lot of people don't go in to school college being like cannabis wise that's what i'm gonna go run with but like yeah. you, your path that's a little different that's you so are very different. focused and on it and all my classmates thought i was so weird 
Yeah. Because <laughs> I was doing I was doing all my presentations over cannabis. Yeah. I was, okay. Everything was cannabis. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, with it being legal here now, this has probably yeah. changed. But at the time, we when you in the horticulture program, you have to have like so many hours of like an internship. Okay. And so I was the first one approved for a cannabis internship. Wow. In Oklahoma, and they actually approved for me to go to Colorado. Oh, wow. And I grew at a farm, and I used that for my internship wow, hours. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. And it was kind of like a – I had a professor that was really supportive of me. That's and awesome. he was kind of like battling the vice president mm-hmm. at the time to like, let him do it. You know? Yeah. Like, um, but, yeah, you know, all my classmates definitely thought I was pretty weird. How long were you in Colorado for? <laughs> Uh, I lived there for about three months. Okay, yeah. that's a good amount of time to like be a sponge and learn like as much as you can. So what'd you do there? Uh, I maintained a small craft medical grow. Okay. And it was just me and another guy. What part of Colorado? Um, Alamosa. Okay, which is mm-hmm. by... It's like uh, seen it a little north of Trinidad. It's south. Okay. Southern Colorado. Yeah. It's in a desert. Okay. You know, like a bowl of mountains. It's a total desert. The, yeah. the biggest plant there is a Chico bush. Really? Yeah, there's like no trees. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Southwest, so that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. cool. I feel like that's also a good way to like dip your toe into the cannabis industry and then come back and then just like really run with it once, you know, 788 passed. Yeah, That's definitely. really cool. So let's flip the script a little bit. In your own yep. words, go ahead. No, I was saying, okay. Oh, um, in your own words, please tell us who you are and what you do for High Rise. Okay, so I, man, that's getting, uh, like I said, I listened to a few of your podcasts. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was listening to the one with uh, Omid and Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Love you guys, by the way. <laughs> um, they said that's getting cloudy or something like that. You guys yeah. asked them what, what their, mm-hmm. the nature of their role is, and man, that couldn't be any more true to me now. <laughs> uh, I started off as just the garden guy. Okay. Yeah. And, and now I've, uh, I think it was late January. January 20th, something like that, I took over the role as CEO. Nice. Wow, awesome. And now I've, you know, learned more about delegating the garden end of things. Mm-hmm. And um, now I'm more focused in branding, marketing, business development, you know, getting more facilities. Mm-hmm. We're expanding. We just uh, opened up another 60 light facility. Wow. That's awesome. That we're just using to cultivate for hash production <laughs> only. So it's wow. 60 Phew. lights. That's Only crazy. Wasn't. That's awesome. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. What's it feel like being, because you're pretty young. What's it feel mm-hmm. like being young and like having so, I feel like done so much at such a young age that, I mean, people haven't even thought about or, you know, been able to achieve. Like, I think that's such a beautiful thing and so cool to experience so young. So what's that been like for you? First of all, I don't want to downplay the luck. Yeah. You know, I think everyone <clears throat> is... Um, Everyone owes a lot of their success to luck. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you say like, oh, well, I'm just super, super intelligent. Well, then you were lucky to be born with that brain. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I'm very lucky, mm-hmm. you know, graduating with a degree relevant to this industry. Yes. Two weeks before it passed. Right. Yeah, that's luck. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it was your path, though. Yeah. yeah. But that's not to say I didn't work very hard for this. Right. I've in my grow rooms been on the floor. I cried for this. I've. Thought it was the end a million times. Mm-hmm. I've bled for it. I've st- sleepless night after sleepless night after sleepless night. Um, so it, it was definitely a lot of perseverance and hard work. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I'm I'm very lucky and I'm very blessed. I have an awesome team too. So you might be able to say like, oh well, it's 28 year old Drew, almost 28 year old Drew, mm-hmm. and he's done all this. But you know, in reality, I wouldn't have been able to do it without 31 year old Eddie. You know? Yeah, uh, for sure. 
you know, my partner, Pedro, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wouldn't have been able to do all these things without the people around me. So by no means is it just like me flying around yeah. doing everything myself. Yeah. That's as awesome. much as it cool. may feel that way sometimes. Yeah. yeah. The um, team, you know, it takes yeah. a village to 100%. make. And, and I just have a, I think a different attitude than most people. Um, I, I posted this yesterday on my story. It was, if, if I fail, it was because of me. Mm-hmm. If I succeed, it was because of my team. Yeah. And that's just kind of my mindset is like, if, if my team's not able to do something, it still comes back to me because I need to be, I, I need to either be able to provide them with what they need to be able to execute that, or I need to find someone that can execute that. Yeah. So I just have this like no excuses approach and I hold myself accountable for everything in the company. If a gram of, if a strain of hash doesn't come out what it should be. And if we get negative feedback, that's on me. Yeah. If some flour doesn't come out what it should be and we get negative feedback. That's on me. If someone comes into our dispensary and they don't have a good experience, mm-hmm. that's on me. That's a good leader though. You know, you're <laughs> yeah. a part, you're a Thank part you. of what everyone else is doing. And so therefore you also take ownership of it. It's not just one person's fault. It's, I mean, you're the owner. So essentially you're like, no, it's my fault. Yeah. Like that's it. I, there's something I could have done. Maybe, you're an owner. You, you know? got to take ownership. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like everyone's mm-hmm. taking marching orders from you. Yeah. You know, and if, if you have someone that, if there's mistakes being made because they're not taking marching mm-hmm. orders, well, then it's not your fault for finding someone that can. Yeah. You know, agreed. so I just, I just take it all in as, uh, I just hold a lot of accountability and that's a important. high standard of myself. Important. And I have a really good team around me that also has a high yeah. standards. So. That's awesome. I love yeah. that atmosphere you've created because it definitely shines through with everything you're doing, you know. Thank so you guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So where did the idea come from when creating High Rise? The name or? Like that, where, like, I guess what sparked you to, like, build a brand with High Rise, but also where did your, like, name and how was that process like for you? So little, I'll do the, I'll do, like, a shrunk down version of how we okay. started. Um I had graduated from OSU, got the degree. Um, the program I was part of, the indoor controlled environments slash like greenhouse management specialists okay. wing of horticulture, they were constantly fighting getting defunded. You know, mm. uh, the upper people at the college would say things like, you know, it's just like the least favorable to degree to have. Yeah. And, um, it went from that to being a hot commodity. Yes. You know, yes. Yeah. I was getting calls from strangers, like trying to, hey, we, we heard you have a degree. Your mom told my friend who told me mm-hmm. yeah. you graduated with a degree in horticulture. We wanted to grow, blah, blah, blah. Um, until one guy, Pedro, my, my partner, he had a cousin, Tony, that was in school with me as well. And Pedro knew that he just graduated with a degree in horticulture. So he was like, Tony, let's start a grow. And Tony was like, well, as much as I want to do that, there was this really weird dude in my class that only talked about mm-hmm. weed. And I feel like I'll give you his number and you should hit him up and that yeah. might be your guy. So I met Pedro at the Starbucks on Rockwell and Expressway. Okay. And he had blueprints of a warehouse, which now is high rise. Wow. And he rolled it out and I just started scribbling rooms and drawing out rooms and seeing how many lights we could fit in it. Yeah. And, and he was like, okay, yeah, this guy's definitely a little crazy. That's cool. Uh, and, and so it, it started in that little Starbucks and then we started, um, seeking out investors mm-hmm. and, um, grew the company to what it is today. Now on the name, we were trying to, th- I was trying to call it something stupid in the beginning. I was like, let's call it green wizard growers. <laughs> yeah. And I he, hear you. He was like, no, <laughs> like, that's not, he's like, this needs to be like a real, he was always 
very forward thinking with like a like a brand, mm-hmm. like a real brand. Yes. And I was like, okay. And so we were just smoking a joint outside the warehouse, looking downtown, and I saw the OKC skyline, like with the Devon Tower and everything. And I was like, what about high rise? High rise building. Yeah. It has like so many connotations, you know. It's yeah. two positive words, high and rise. Right. Sunrise. Like it's mm-hmm. just a yeah. I think it's a power word. It is. Yeah. And he was like, Oh yeah, I like that. And then we just ran with it. Yeah. That's good. That's cool that it came to you like that. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Those are I feel like always the best like organic stories of how I mean, even the cannabis hangout, how it started, it was just so organic right. and the name and the, even like the logos I feel like one I of, like the logo, by the way. Thank, Thank you. you. I, I have an eye for that. Like, I, Thank you. I always appreciate like cool logos and stuff. And it, it's like the weed leaf with like the sound waves. Yeah, like, shout out to Steven. Yes, he definitely helped us <laughs> yeah, out with that. He killed it. It's cool. Okay, let's pause for a minute and talk about Oklahoma's grassroots cannabis publication, Herbage Magazine. They are in over 500 dispensaries statewide, providing cannabis education and supporting and highlighting the local communities. For more information, visit HerbageMag.com. That's H-E-R-B-A-G-E-M-A-G.com. So how do you guys grow your flower and what do you take pride in as a company when it comes to that? So how we grow it, we grow under high pressure sodium lights, mm-hmm. uh, HPSs. Um, this is in flower. We use individual pots. We use cocoa and perlite and we hand water them twice a day. Okay. That's awesome. So, nice. Um, I think with especially like the hand watering twice a day and hand watering yeah. in general, you it's get a, a level of plant-specific treatment and focus that delivers you a quality that you don't see with automatic irrigation. Because not all plants are the same, so therefore no. not every single one might need as much water as the one next to 100%. it. One hundred percent. And yeah. if you're in this market right now, everyone has big menus. No, mm-hmm. it's like about having a bunch of strains. Yeah. And we have, you know, depending on the batch, in between eight to twelve strains mm-hmm. per run. So what does that mean? Like I can't water. 12 different strains with the same feed, the Mm -hmm. same runoff, the same times of day every day, Mm -hmm. or I'm going to get like one size fits all results. Mm -hmm. And if you want truly excellent product and you want to deliver multiple strains per batch, you can have a one size fits all approach. Yeah. Not going to work. Agreed. Yeah. That's good. That is cool. So with y'all doing single sourcing, why is that important to you? So, uh, so single sourcing is a ubiquitously sought after thing in every industry. Um, that's why even big companies, not saying like I'm a big company, you know, yeah. a small team, less than 20 people total between all three companies. Um, but people try to make their own products. They mm-hmm. try to bring it in house because you can have a better control on the quality of the mm-hmm. material you bring in and you can more consistently rely on that material. Mm-hmm. And then also there's less mouths to feed. So with single source, right. we're able to offer high quality product using high rise cannabis as flour mm-hmm. and deliver it for a fraction of the price because there's not a middleman or a split or some other company that we have to like dole out for cash sure. to. Yeah. So we have extremely competitive pricing on top of the line product yeah, by doing sense. single source. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. So let's talk about genetics really quick. Like what's mm-hmm. your process of picking what you want to provide to your patients and what the people get to see? Cause I know that's always a fun and can be a very exciting. It's so hard. Yeah. But also very difficult. Yeah. So, uh, and by, by hard, I mean like 
sure pheno- we just did a big pheno hunt mm-hmm. um it was like 120 different strains that we were hunting through wow. at once wow so it's a lot of note taking it's a lot of smell testing it's a lot of looking for herms and just different characteristics of the flower that might make it not viable for production mm-hmm. um and but it's always so funny because everyone's so different like i might love a strain and uh it just doesn't vibe with what most people want mm-hmm. yeah you know, but it's my jam yeah you know but i won't die by that because if right. it's not selling then it doesn't yeah. really matter <laughs> yeah um but this time we did something totally different i we did a whole tasting for just everyone in my company. Mm-hmm. We um, all met at a central location and I rolled up uh, two joints of every single phenotype that was a contender and we smoked them all and graded them on their taste. Couldn't really do effects because yeah. you're smoking like a hundred joints. Right, yeah. right. But you could still grade on like taste, flavor, aroma, mm-hmm. bag appeal, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I really look towards and lean on the other people on my team because mm-hmm. High Rise is a company of connoisseurs from top to bottom yeah from the bud tender to the lead cultivator to my cfo mm-hmm. we all are daily uh you um medicators of cannabis mm-hmm. we all use it religiously and we're all fanatics about it yeah so i really lean on the opinion of my team too when we're making yeah. selections that's cool that you have show. them yeah. so hands-on yeah. a part of the process too because it, that's like motivating to an employee mm-hmm. too do you know you feel like you're a part of the brand and the company and what mm-hmm. you do it's not just you know, the owner, you know, doing all of that and figuring that out, mm-hmm. like they're yeah. that, you know, makes mm-hmm. you feel included and part of something greater. So it's cool that like you include them, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure other grows and people do that, too. But just to be like, you know, all 20 people come here to this location. Yeah. We, we have to take notes, figure out it's like so a little class, you know, Let, let's talk about that. I'm, I'm going to refine the process because. It took it took way too long. Like over, yeah. like over four hours. No, way too no long? it was like it was like two and a half hours. Okay, probably. see, I don't ima- I don't imagine something like that taking less than that amount of time because to be able to taste everything and it was twenty people. Yeah, like, I mean, I feel know, like that's in conversation, you know, and then you're also getting high. So it's well, like, I could yeah. I could just feel like I was we were maybe losing myself included, like yeah. losing a focus and attention. For sure. Yes. I mean that, yeah. that part's yeah, that makes sense. I feel like yeah. you'd almost have to like break, <laughs> it, break up it up into, into two, two days. days. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. That would be helpful. I'm sure. So what's your favorite part about entering and being in the grow and then specifically like the flower room and spending time with the girls? Especially with like the materials and stuff that we build our rooms out of. Okay, we yeah. use uh, refrigeration paneling. So mm-hmm. it's like this super, dense insulated material uh we have large like 30 inch patterson fans so they're very loud Mm -hmm. and um you don't even get cell phone signal in there so as soon as you walk in the room it's like you're in a totally different world like the the atmospheric co2 changes the temperature changes the airflow changes the light intensity changes you're surrounded by big beautiful green uh smelly plants Mm -hmm. and um it, it just it it's one of the few things in the world that I've experienced that just by opening a door, it just fundamentally changes your entire mood mm-hmm. and behavior. Yeah. I mean, it's insane, like, the difference you feel just by walking into one of the grow rooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. cool. I have only done it, uh, you know, a handful of times by mm-hmm. visiting grows, but I can definitely agree to that. That feeling you feel, the smell that you smell is just, like unlike anything else but it's also so serene and calming and then obviously like the background noises of like 
you know, whatever's working or not working. It's mm-hmm. just like so you like go to it's like going to the ocean. You just like go into an ocean of just like beautiful cannabis. That's what it reminds me of. Babes. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. It's just like being by water, but in like plant form. Well, they they say that like green is the most restful color to the eyes. Yeah. You know, so when you're seeing that much, Mm -hmm. like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, you know, really to answer your question, I'd say for me, I'm I'm kind of a type A high anxiety guy Mm -hmm. generally. So first when I walk in the room to keep it real, I'm like, oh, is everything okay? Oh my God. All right. All right, we're good. Now it's peaceful. Yeah. yeah. So like at first it's like, is everything good? Are they check, you know, dog right. eyes, cross the T's. Let's get on a business first. Yeah, they, they saw it on everything. Mm-hmm. How's that How's that canopy game looking? Yeah. Like, they, do we have enough tiers of trellis? I kind of just like pick apart yeah. the room. But mm-hmm. once everything looks good, which it almost always does because I have an incredible team behind me, um, then it is really like serene yeah. and peaceful. Yeah. So with that being said, what's your favorite part to be involved in when it comes to the plant? Like where does your expertise lie? My favorite part, you know, honestly, I really like taking, sticking, and maintaining clones. Okay. I don't know why. Yeah. I just love it. You're just zeroed in on the plant when it's like, it's like on the micro level, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're seeing each Mm -hmm. individual stem and leaf that will later become a giant flower. Yeah, the very beginning of the process. Um, And... I think it's just peaceful, you know, the work. I always that love cool. hearing everyone's different, like all the different growers answers, because like some people will say, you know, like we love watering to be able to go to each one hand yeah. by hand. Some mm-hmm. people oh, have said watering. like, <laughs> we, yeah, but some people have said like, we love trimming to like clean the girls up to really like, you know, see how they're looking and just like make them look a little prettier. Or like some people will say, you know, like harvesting is my favorite time Harvesting's so everything's great, yeah. just super different so i always love hearing what everyone has to say because it's different perspectives yeah, yeah. It, for anyone that like follows my stories they probably notice that man this dude's like always in the clone room he's always <laughs> yeah. like picking up clones i don't know why yeah. it's just always that's a happy been. place yeah and, and that's where it all starts too yeah. you know if, like you have a bad clone batch you are mm-hmm. not going anywhere yeah yeah you know? and i feel like it's it's one of the more finicky things we do as cultivators is mm-hmm. like and it's very mystifying too. Mm-hmm. You know, there's obviously science to it. You're wounding the plant, taking a cut, dipping yeah. it into Clonex, right. which is uh, endobutric acid, which mm-hmm. invokes a hormonal response to create roots. You know, so, but it, yeah. it is kind of like this you know, you stick the plant in this weird goop mm-hmm. and then you wait and try to give it ideal conditions. And then if you do everything right, roots pop out. Yeah. So yeah. I think it, I've always just been super fascinated with the cloning process. Yeah. yeah. I, I can see that stuff. too. Yeah, yeah. That is very fascinating, especially to see life at its like very beginning stages. Mm-hmm. And, and then, yeah. And for you to say, like, I feel like everything falls back on me yeah, all the okay, time. I'm like, of course too, you're yeah. in the clone room yeah. then. Of course yeah. you're right there. <laughs> yeah, overseeing from the very beginning. So that way, yeah. once it goes to the end, you know that it started with you. Yes. Yeah. Totally. I, I, just, I feel like it's just like what, it's the closest we get to playing God mm-hmm. in the garden. Like you're mm-hmm. duplicating genetics and then making them root yeah. You know, yeah, from nothing. And it's, I don't know. I've always just been super fascinated by that. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. neat. Yeah, I love to hear that. So you've talked about your team a lot. When it mm-hmm. comes to operating your business, how do you choose the people you have, you know, gathered along the way to be on your team? What qualities do you look for when you're hiring people? 
Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Jade Pebworth over at the Me Law Group in Oklahoma focuses to provide you with a comprehensive approach and intelligent advice and representation focused on resolving problems rather than inflating them. She kills it with civil litigation, cannabis law, business planning, corporate law slash litigation, and family law. She enjoys working with companies from the ground up. Whether you need her to review and draft contracts for your company, assist in licensing applications, and more, the Me Law Group has your back. Now, let's get back to today's episode. So I'll say a lot of the a lot of people we have are people that kind of came to us and start out as fans first. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the best decisions we made was uh, selecting people that were already fans of what we're doing. Yeah. Because that means they already won. They already have product knowledge. They're already familiarized with what you're doing. And they already are all in Mm -hmm. supporting you and what your mission is as a company. And so I think we're really lucky because we've never been in like a situation where we're just like scrambling to fill a spot. Mm -hmm. We kind of always have someone very hungry and waiting for that spot to open up. Okay. That's and, cool. And everyone mm-hmm. on our team knows that too. So they're like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to try hard. Cause I know that there's someone that's wanting yeah. exactly right. where I'm at. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Sure. That's neat. That's awesome. Do you have any cool patient stories that stand out to you or anything to share like that? Man, a lot. Yeah. Uh, cool patient stories. You know, I, I'd say a cool patient story I had was, it kind of ties into us uh, ending up with like people that start as like fans of the brands, yeah. and eventual employees. Um, I'll tell the story of Riley, our our hash maker. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's he's the our director of solventless production for High Rise uh, Extracts, um, and I met him. <laughs> he was messaging me on it. We we grew this strain back in the day called LA Kush Cake. Okay. And I remember that. That's yeah. what introduced me to High Rise. Oh, cool. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and it was, it was a really popular one that we had, and he was always buying it to squish it into, like, flower rosin. And he was always messaging me, like, hey, where's the, uh, like, the freshest batch of LA Kush Cake? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, like, the newest batch, like, the most recently dropped off batch. And I could tell him places like, oh, like, I think in Ardmore. Yeah. And he would drive out there. Oh, wow. Because he, as, like, a processor, wanted, yeah. like, the freshest material. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this guy's like really got a passion for this flower rosin stuff. Yeah. And um, we met him, you know, a couple times here and there at events uh, that we were hosting or, or at. And uh, we had high rise extracts in its infancy at the time. And me and Pedro were just like, man, let's just take this guy to the lab and like give him a crack at it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. just see what he does. And, um, you know, he impressed us immediately. Yeah. That's so awesome. I'd say that's my that favorite cool. patient story yeah. was, was Riley coming on board as, as a first loyal, a yeah, a loyal patient. Driving all over the state for really? an ounce of a specific strain. <laughs> that's yeah. cool. That's, that is really cool. So yeah. that's a great transition into what made you want to get into hash? Like what was at what moment were you like, all right, let's take this to another level? So little known fact, we've actually had high-rise extracts. And on Instagram, you can fact check this. You could go and see our oldest post or you could go on the about button where you can see the account was created. Mm-hmm. Um, we had been producing very, very small batches mm-hmm. of solventless rosin almost around the same time we had our first flower harvest. Oh, wow. But, okay. Um, and I still stand by this today. I would never release a product 
unless I thought it was just all the way there. Mm-hmm. And so we um, just did a lot of research and development over a year and a half or so yeah. before we really were wanting to take like big drops yeah. to market. Um, selecting the right strains, not everything washes, mm-hmm. not everything that does make a good rosin yields enough to be economical. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a lot of R&D, which Riley was thoroughly involved in that process that kind of led us to finally be able to drop the rosin. But we did always mm-hmm. have a passion and a, and a goal to have that. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That is cool. Yeah, and now you guys have a dispensary. So what mm-hmm. made you want to take that leap? It's always cool to see, you know, like the levels that people want to go and where the passion of the plant yeah. takes them. And it feel like it's taken you pretty far. So where did the dispensary come from? So the dispensary, home oh and retail. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I ha- I, so I have, you know, partners that are a little more savvy with it than mm-hmm. me. Like if it was, it was just me and my devices, I, a store would have probably been very daunting to me. Um, but it's kind of like just, it's where high rise is. It's like a physical brick and mortar space that is high mm-hmm. rise. Whereas when you just have a grow or you just have a processing company, mm-hmm. it's like your, your space is just like kind of products on shelves. It's like yeah. kind of amorphous, you know, it has yeah. like right. a social media mm-hmm. presence. But we have like a spot that is like a permanent billboard mm-hmm. where we all get together. We consume our, it's like a community you know, we spot. Go grab, we go yeah. grab our products yeah. and, and uh, it's a place for our fans to go shop or our patients to go shop mm-hmm. or anyone that wants to uh, actually interface person, person to person with the brand and the people behind it that we can all meet at. Yeah. So I'd say that's probably the thing I like most about the store is that it's like a permanent billboard. Yeah, you know, it is. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Permanent awesome. billboard yeah. like that. So being a business owner of a cannabis company here in Oklahoma, I'm sure you've seen a lot. What's been like the hardest lesson to learn so far, but also what's also been the most rewarding part of what you're getting to do? Lots of hard lessons. <laughs> Eye rolls. Uh, yeah, lots of hard lessons coming from, you know, like the garden side. Yeah. Uh, you know, the market generally, I think we are, we all, uh, I'm a med card holder. I consume other people's products other than my own. Yeah. Uh, I, I still do a lot of drops at other stores. If I see something that I like from another brand, I'll try it. Yeah. Uh, market research, if you will. Of course. Yeah. And um, what I'll say is, without a doubt, we as med patients have to be the most spoiled people in Oklahoma. Yeah. We have some of the top, most top-notch producers, I think, in the mm-hmm. world here. And with how competitive it is, with how many licenses there are, the pricing we're able to get some of the stuff we get yeah. is just insane. Mm. And and that's insight that I have from going to a lot of other states too. The product quality we get here for the price we get it at is one of a kind. Yeah. Everyone yeah. should really be like grateful to the producers. I don't know how to say that because I'm a producer. Yeah, you know, no, but I, I know what you mean. You've, se- yeah. you've seen a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You have a patient perspective as well because yeah. you are one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So you've seen a lot and done a lot in your years. What's some solid advice that has been beneficial to you in life that you'd like to pass along to someone listening? So I'll, I'll go with the one that just came to mind. Yes. It's an instant flashback. I'll go with that one. Um, I was touring the first grow I ever went into, and it was in Denver, Colorado, downtown. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was during, like, the internship days. And I was asking the owner, you know, if you were to give me any advice – as like a future cannabis owner, uh, you know, what would that cannabis business owner, what would that advice be? 
And she said, be as involved and possible as possible and as understanding as possible of every single step and facet in your company. Hmm. Understand everything from the ground up. So I guess my advice is out there for any budding young entrepreneurs trying to get into the cannabis game. That was advice given to me that changed my life. Mm-hmm. And I, I would definitely forward that to anyone else. That's solid. Yeah, yeah that's, that's good. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. So what exciting things can people look forward to from High Rise for the rest of this year, would you say? We got the most fire drop of rosin hitting our store. Okay. Tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Don't miss out. Don't sleep. <laughs> it doesn't last long. I mean that. Like, for real, it doesn't last long. Check it out. We're really proud of this batch. Cool. And then ongoing throughout the next of the, uh, the rest of the year, like I mentioned, we have that 60 light hash facility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we Super sh- exciting. It's, it's down to the wire, but we should be debuting the first batch from that facility um, by the end of this year. Oh, cool. Okay. That's awesome. Early December, hopefully. That's awesome. Sweet. So, so the people can look forward to a little treat during yeah. the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Your Christmas shopping at High Rise. Yeah. <laughs> so de- de- debut of lots of new varieties of strains, too, that yeah. we've never released before. That's and we're cool. saving it for that. For, for that, that specifically. So, yeah. That's we're really exciting. stoked. That's so. great. Nice. Yeah. So what's the stigma surrounding cannabis that you hope to see changed? Hmm. Stigma around cannabis that I'd hope to see changed. You got kicked out of the house for it. I got kicked out of the house for it. I mean, you know, I I would I would say this if there was a stigma that I'd like to see changed is probably just this idea that um, you know, even if you have a high even a high consumption mm-hmm. of cannabis that it's going to kill your ambition or drive or, you know, hinder your success or uh, make you lazy or, or mm-hmm. not be able to compete. Um, in, in the broader world, you know, in, right. in, in industries or, or whatever, because I smoke a lot. Yeah. And I I'm still run shit. I'll compete with yeah. anyone. Yeah. I'm coming for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I don't mean cannabis people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. like, if I started any other business, mm-hmm. I would not uh, put me out. Just right. Because yeah. you found out I smoked weed. Yes. Yeah. I'll say that. Yes. <laughs> no, I like that. That's yeah, good. Yeah. That is good. That's really good. Well, Drew, I believe this wraps up our episode for awesome. today. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and just sharing like your passions and your knowledge and about your brand because you guys are killing it out there and it's just it's cool to see. You, you guys know. are killing it. Well, thank, thank you. you. We appreciate yeah. that. Thank you so much for being here. Be sure to stay up to date with everything the high rise high rise team is up to on Instagram at high rise OKC. Yes, and stay tuned for next week's episode. And as always, some stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season 1 of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.